I, I'll tell you when we're live. I, I hit the live button. So we may go up a little earlier than usual, but I shall see. Congrats on that interview, Sean. Oh, oh thank you very much. Yeah, that went really well. It's a good look, sexy look. <laughs> you got a future. Yeah, in this. I don't know that. Okay, I uh, think we are, we, are, we are live, guys. Uh, we're actually live. Hey, we're okay, live. what's up? Everybody sitting down? You ready to go? You ready to rock and roll? Yep. We're ready yep, to yep. rock and roll. All right, so here we are. Uh, welcome to another episode of Police Off the Cuff After Hours. My name is Mark DeMeo. I'm your host, my co-host, and my partner in all things law enforcement, the very handsome Bill <laughs> Cannon. What's up, Bill? Doing good, man. Doing good. How are you? Pretty quiet. Nice to have Miss Irma Rivera back. Yeah, our guest tonight uh, is a repeat customer. She doesn't. Uh, she <laughs> She's a frequent flyer, as we say. Yeah, she <laughs> she keeps coming back for more punishment, man. Right. She's a retired first grade homicide sergeant. Um, also sergeant. Not, not sergeant, detective. Not first grade detective. boss. First grade detective uh, on our, uh, she's uh, she's been a guest many times on our show. We call it Miss Homicide. She's here tonight. What's up, Irma Rivera? Hi, how are you? I'm it's good. good to have you back. You I know too. you always start off real quiet, so. <laughs> and then she starts emoting and she starts <laughs> dancing. And she, you know. And we have a we have a special another special guest here tonight. He's good. He's here to make an announcement. Uh, he's currently on the job, but currently a member of the service. Um, I don't know if we're going to reveal what command he works in, but. Uh, he goes, yeah. Uh, he he goes by the uh, on the handle Sean Patrick on IG. He helps uh, a lot with our, our social media. He's a terrific cop. He used to work uh, anti crime in his command, and uh, now he's working whatever they call it, the new name of it. But uh, what's up, Sean Patrick? Hey, hi guys. Thanks all so much for having me on. Uh, you know, nice to finally be on this. Uh, I'm not going to take too much time. Uh, I just want to come here with a heads up. Um, I know we got a lot of listeners, uh, obviously a lot of listeners, a lot of guys looking to be active even as the summer is closing out. Um, so I got something that kind of combines a lot of the interest of the people li uh, who listen to this, as well as, you know, people still going to get outdoors and do something. Um, so next week, um, the 29th, is actually going to be the one-year anniversary of the passing of Brian Mulkeen. Um, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this know the Brian Mulkeen story and who he was, but just, just going to give a quick bio on who he was and explain what it is we got going on this weekend. Uh, so Brian Mulkeen was a young cop. Um, he used to be a financial analyst for Merrill Lynch, was actually a Fordham U graduate. Um, not the typical kind of person who comes on the job, very smart, articulate, active guy. Um, so he got on the job, he was assigned to 4-8. And within a couple of years, he worked his way up to Bronx Borough crime. Um, I know you guys and some of the other people you have coming on the show, they're always asking like, oh, like in today's day and age with the body cameras and all the scrutiny, um, are there any street cops left? Are there real active guys that are out there doing it for real? And I'll tell you right now, Brian Mulkeen was that guy. He was every bit the street cop um, that any one of your guests have been. Rip and steal, left, right, and center. His team was actually on pace for almost 100 guns last year. Um, unfortunately, last September, um, while trying to apprehend one of these armed guys, um, they got into a struggle and uh, Brian ended up losing his life. Um, very, very tragic young guy taken way, way too soon. Um, so his family, um, you know, started a page called Timo Keen. Uh, 
As Mark mentioned before, I help these guys out a little bit with the social media. Uh, so following this, I'm going to post all the information up on the Instagram and then we'll do the same, hopefully on the YouTube page and the Facebook. Um, so anyway, so the page team Mokeen, um, is run by his sister, Aaron. And originally they wanted to get, um, like a 5k or some kind of very activeness going. Unfortunately, with all the COVID, like everything that kind of went out the window and they had to improvise. So you froze up. <laughs> You might have to go back like 10 seconds, get him to repeat that. Yep. You got to tell him to log on again. Let me call him. He's a good kid, this kid, man. Yeah, he's a great kid. You know, you see how young uh, Sean is. And at one time, we were actually that young when we came on the job. I actually came on the job late. I was 28. But Irma, you were 20. I'm still that young. Yeah, you're, you're, you're still 20 years. But you, you were 20 when you came on the job, 20, right? Yeah. Wow. That's when you, you realize how young that is, right? It's so naive also. It's, uh, uh, I got to I gotta tell him to sign back on because something went, oh. Uh, Did I, uh, am I back on? Yep. Now you are. Yeah, oh. okay, great. You froze up. That's one of the but, problems. Uh, what part did I leave off on? Um... I think you were talking about what his uh, sister was putting together for him, what she intended originally or her idea of it. Okay, so um, before I get cut out again, I'll try to keep this brief. Thank you guys so much. So his sister, Erin, originally wanted to get like a 5K similar to the Thompson Towers run and different things we see like that. But instead, they did a virtual challenge called the Miles from Oking for Memorial Day weekend where people were logging on their miles. They got all kinds of donations. In just that four-day span, the first year ever, they raised almost $12,000. And where that money went to was not only cops, but a lot of the frontline workers who are struggling paying their bills with the shutdown. The hours are all crazy, and they need someone to help find child care. The Team Mulkin or the Mulkin Family Foundation was using these funds to take care of that. Um, also, what they're trying to get into, which I know, Mark, you've been interested in the past, is... Uh, doing something for the mental being of members as far as PTSD and different stressors going. Um, once things get more opened up and this foundation gets off, they're going to be doing a lot more interactive stuff and giving kind of like a think space for officers maybe struggling with something like that. So that takes us up to this weekend coming up. They're having what they're calling mocha mania, kind of a play on words like, uh, like, like, you know, the hoaxer Hulk Hogan used to use mocha mania, funny picture behind that. I'm going to post it up to the page later on. So anyway, with the Mocha Mania Challenge coming up this weekend, there's uh, an, uh, a fitness page uh, called Body by Julie, and she's going to be hosting um, small socially distanced workouts. Um, I'm going to post a link to that, or as well, you can follow along online. Uh, there's going to be different challenges and, you know, kind of different goals and things you can take yourself on. You know, everyone loves doing things with the cloud on Instagram. It's a great way to show people you're up and moving. Um, and all donations and money raised will go to the Team Mokin page, the Mokin Family Foundation, where they're going to kind of continue this mission they just started a couple months ago of uh, starting a real foundation to help MOS, you know, either financially or uh, emotionally, maybe a little bit down. This is, you know, a family, a cop family who was hurting, who's channeling that to help other people who are hurting or struggling. Um, so again, the Instagram page is Team Mokin. I'm going to put the link up this weekend, four days, starting on the 25th. I'm pretty sure I should double check that. It's going to be the start of Mocha Mania. 
They're selling t-shirts, men, women's kids. They look awesome. Uh, I was supposed to have one mailed early to me so I could show it off to you guys. We're going to be posting it up soon enough. And uh, yeah, um, before I log off, you guys have any questions about it that you think people might want to ask? No, Sean, just let, to let you know and to let the Mokeen family know, uh, we're behind this 100%. If we can help in any way, they can hit us up through you or they can hit us up at OTC, off the cuff, pod one at gmail.com. And or can't get us on Facebook, police off the cuff site. Anyway, we can help. Definitely well. That's what we're Sean, hey, uh, feel free to use our IG page to uh, to share this information, whichever flyers that you create. You know, just uh, feel free, you know, you use it as like it was yours. So this way we can get the word out there to all our people as well. And I'll share I'll share it on my other social media as well. You're a good kid, Thank bro. Thank you guys so much. That's definitely a big boss. <laughs> Thank you, guys. You're a good kid, man. Oh, what we can do, man. Anytime. Anytime. You're always welcome. You're always welcome. We need guys. This is Thank what the job needs. People like you. All right. Be Thank careful out there, man. And be Sean, careful. I used to, I used to be as young as you once. <laughs> Many moons ago. <laughs> a long time ago, I was as young as you. <laughs> yeah, but he had a big cheesy porno mustache. He's <laughs> 40, but he's Irish. Yeah, that's right. I saw a picture of you with the with that mustache. Well, the mustache I had a long time ago. That was like they they gave those mustaches out in the equipment. If, if you paid me, a... yeah. <laughs> I just... tell you the, the one thing with anti crime going away is I had to start shaving again, but I could never really grow a beard in the first place, so it wasn't that big of a loss. <laughs> well, you got a handsome face, so I try, I try. It's all the good lighting in this room. And you know what it is? You'd probably have a full beard if you didn't have such a big head. <laughs> that would be it. His face is out too much. Pause. You're poor, you know how many pores you need to cover the size of that fucking grill you got? Yeah. <laughs> That's like five beards right there. It's a, it's, a, it's a rough one. It's a little too much terrain to cover. All right, brother, man. Be well out there, man. Be careful. Right. Thank you guys so much for right. having me on. Stop and bye. Be safe, buddy. Definitely. Thank you, fellas. <laughs> so, what's up, man? You know, Irma has some fans, Mark. Already people are saying, oh, thank God you have Irma back. Really? She's got fans out there. Irma, you look good. You look really good. I just had a birthday. Uh-huh. You had a birthday? Yeah. Was that 38? No, 49. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe that. How'd you do? What did you do for your birthday? Um, Nothing, really. You, know, you can't do anything these days. You know, it really sucks a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I went to the beach. I went to the beach all summer, so I had a. Really Where'd you go? What beach did you go to? Over Warm Beach. Um, did you Did you ever go to Rye Beach? Yeah, I did. It's I like did. a It's like a concentration camp, man. Yeah, I did go. Yeah, I mean, it's squared away, bro. Everybody's exactly six feet apart. You yeah. gotta have your mask on. You know, go if you go if you go up on the boardwalk, it's nothing like Jones Beach. Jones Beach, you could nobody gives a shit about nothing. One thing I don't like about Rye Beach, I don't like the sound. I'd rather be in the ocean. Yeah, of course. Of course, yeah. anybody would. But, you know, if you want to stay, like, for example, Jones Beach, man, it's nice. It's fun. The music is loud. I sat next to these people. It was like I was in the, I was in the club. Really? They had hookah. They were smoking hookah. <laughs> what beach were you at? You were probably what? at Beach 4, right? Yeah, it was crazy, man. Were you at Beach 4? Maybe it was 6, I think. Yeah, no, 6 is the short. Family side. Yeah, it was, I think it was, it wasn't that bad walking there, but, uh, you know, they, the bay sides are always for like family, like Sunken Meadow Beach too. That was all family, man. Hey, when that you was were like, 
When you were a kid, do you remember La Playa de los Mojones? No, what was that, Orchard Beach? <laughs> Orchard Beach. I didn't know what it was till I grew up. We used to call it Chocha Beach. <laughs> I know, I heard that too. Playa de los Mojones means like the beach of the turd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, guess yeah, to, I went swimming in, in the water there once. I hit a car. Yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, I went right through the front windshield. I couldn't get out the other side, though. <laughs> that Sounds like that, that guy from uh, Scuba we interviewed. He went down into a, uh, a submerged crane or something, and he almost got stuck inside it. Scary. Scary, that would be. Yeah. That was a good episode. Yeah. I, was really good episode. I almost drowned as a kid, so I remember, like, being at the bottom and your life is flashing, you know. How deep I, was the bathtub? <laughs> <laughs> I no, couldn't resist. Was one of those rubber pools. Yeah, you had little boats. The boats, you, you grabbed onto the boats. How you were able to get out. <laughs> it's funny. I so anyway, um. Well, so no, I, no, you know something? You had said, when we spoke to you earlier, you had said you want to talk about the condition of the city and what you've been seeing in the city. Right, yeah, I mean, you live, you work in the city, you live in the Bronx. So I, I, live, I live in the city too. I live in, in the city and in the Bronx. But I right now I'm working in Midtown almost every uh, a lot. Like during the week, I'm working. So what, what are you seeing? Um, first, I'm working for Sage Intelligence Group. You know, a PI company. I'm working with Herman Iggy and um, Billy McNeely. You know, Pat Wing works with us as well. I mean, I, I love it. I'm so happy to be working with these guys. What is it called? Manhattan South Homicide After yeah. Hours? No, those guys weren't, <laughs> they weren't in Manhattan South. Um, but I'll tell you one thing, like, you know, I'm in Midtown, like 35th Street and 8th Avenue, right across the street from the Midtown South Precinct. I mean, in the daytime, it's like Dawn of the Dead, all the Methodonians. There's so many junkies all over the place now. So many mentally ill people walking around the street. I mean, we, I had a guy just come in, Jim Hawkins, he, um, Jim Gav, Galvin, he's working with us for a couple, you know, he's working with us right now. And he hasn't been in New York, he said in a while, he was shocked, just the, the whole condition of the city. Like tonight when I leave here, like I'll leave here probably at nine o'clock at night, outside of these doors, it's horrific. I mean, the other day I was gonna take a city bike to go downtown, but instead I actually took a cab. I mean, every corner you walk on, it's just perps after perps. Is there people like this? No, no, in the daytime, they're like zombies because in the daytime, you have a lot of the Methodonians, but at night, it's pure perp, like perp city, EDPs walking around. I mean, wow. I, like, then it's like night of the living dead. It's really, I cannot believe how fast it, it changed. That's so horrible. Did you see that um, Trump picked like three or four cities he said he's going to take yeah. the funds away from, and New York City was one of them? Good. Good. Teacher, teacher. They would deserve it, but both Cuomo and de Blasio deserve that bitch slapping. Of course, they're whining like two, two bitches. De Blasio but. totally destroyed the city. I mean, just the fact that the- Cuomo's right behind them, though. Cuomo deserves a oh, little good. this too. I mean, I used to like Cuomo. I don't like him anymore. Um, you know, um, it's just, it's just like, I just cannot believe how fast it turned. I mean, so many stores. Today, I walked like um, from 8th Avenue, like 33rd Street. So many stores are closed. I mean, all boarded up, you know, um, it's just like people selling drugs in the street, people having sex on the steps of the, of the train station. I mean, it's just like, really. I that was Mark. Yeah. I was doing a show in Harlem the, uh, yesterday and uh, I parked my car. I was walking over to the, we, we, did, we did a show in a park. It was nice. Uh, it was like socially distanced, like I told you before. Like, you know, there was, uh, the crowd was like really separated. There was like one guy riding a bike. 
I was like <laughs> jogging. Did you do your cop material or no? No, no. Are you crazy? But um, <laughs> there was a guy taking his shit right in the like oh. outside, like uh, like a half a block down from the cop when I was walking uh, from the park when I was walking up the block. I just looked at him. He was like fucking pulling up his pants, like staring at me like a dog. So I just looked away. I was like, fucking like the way you would look away. Like if a dog's taking his shit, you want to leave him alone for a minute? This poor dog's right taking the fucking shit out in public. That's disgusting. But yeah, that's that's what you're seeing right there, like on a regular basis. I don't think I'm, I, I don't know how we're gonna come back from this. Really, I mean, I just can't, I just don't can't even see it. The cops have. No more respect. You know what it is? It's that there's no other people around. Those people are always around. Those people that you see are always around. But you never really pay that much attention to them because there's thousands and thousands and thousands of other people around. But those people ain't around because that's a commercial area and there's nobody going to work right now. Everybody's doing remote. So, uh, you know, if you sell commercial real estate in the city, man, God bless you. Yeah, they, they, right I don't know what the hell they're going to do because these people, now that they got used to working at home, they don't want to come in. You know what I'm saying? And then what happens with the value of the property? Because now if I don't have to go to work anymore, then why do I need to pay such a, for, for such an expensive apartment that I was paying for so to so I wouldn't have such a commute? Some people are really, really, really hate to commute into the city. They'd rather pay the extra money just to well, live there. The, the commute sucks. You but now if you drive the car in and then they would try to blast you with that congestion pricing. That yeah, was listen, if, you, if you're paying a lot of money for an apartment in the city, and now you don't you don't have to go to into work. Why not just live upstate where you could pay less, way That's less, happening. and you could work from home and you don't have to deal with any of this shit. You know, Cuomo was on uh, on TV like begging millionaires to come back from their second homes into the city. And De Blasio goes on and says, "Hey, we can't do anything special for you. This that guy needs to be bitch slapped. He's <laughs> such a moron. He really is." Does he understand capitalism? If the, more, if the millionaires never come back, guess what? Your little 5G program for the projects isn't going to be paid for, you know? You know, Billy, Billy McNeely and I, went, we went to a, an apartment in, in Holland the other day in some building. And I'll tell you, the, the, the owner of the building told us about 100 people moved out of that building. That was on 120 Lexington Avenue. That's where I was. Uh, really? Yeah. Okay. That's why, yeah, I was there. That, that that big tall building there, that on the south. I was around the corner there. Oh, on the west side of the street. Yeah, yeah. that building. Um, he said about hundred people moved out. Wow. Yeah, Stuyvesant Town is basically empty. That, also. that neighborhood was really thriving too, man. That's a neighborhood that uh, you know, you had a lot of. It was it was thriving. All those neighborhoods was thriving, and they they were, uh, you know, people are fucking abandoning in droves, and it's a shame. Yeah. Shame. Freaking They're shame. They're not working. It's um. Like, you know, I mean, you, you if, if we can still work out of home, as long as you get your work done, I mean, it's just, what, what do you need an office building for? Right. It, it revolutionized, this COVID revolutionized the way people are going to be doing their work. Dressing. I mean, I first, I mean, I always still dress the same. You no, know, it's funny. My day. son, my son is 28 years old. He was doing his internship in Washington, D.C. for his master's. So they sent him home because of COVID. So he finished his master's in the room right next door to me. And then while he was here, he wound up getting a job. But guess what? The job is, is in our house. He doesn't have to go anywhere. The company's in Albany and he works remotely. It's in cybersecurity. So I like that's the that is the world, man. Oh, he was so smart to take that as a major. My son is getting his master's right now. He's doing his master's from home as well. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. That it's like the new world, you know. 
And what's even better, my daughter is finally in college. I've been dying for this day to come. She has a dorm room. She hasn't slept in it even once. She doesn't want to sleep in her dorm. She freaking wants to come home all the time. Meanwhile, my daughter is up, up in school and everybody's getting it up there. Well, happy birthday yeah. to your daughter, same day as mine. She, uh, everybody, everybody, there's a big, uh, there was a big spike up there, but they didn't get it last year. She was up there last year. Now there's a big spike up there. A lot of her friends got it. That's the positive anyway. That was a SUNY, right? Yeah. What, what's it? Was that Oneonta or one of them? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, upstate. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of schools upstate, Mark. Yeah, I know. I don't want to say which oh, one. Oh, all right. <laughs> Come on. The University of Attica's got a big spike, too. This, this is the homicide sergeant over here. <laughs> I know. I don't want to tell me. <laughs> it's, probably, it's in the news, so I mean, so I mean, what, yeah, what have you been, uh, what have you been working on lately? Well, um, private investigation. Yeah, I've been doing a lot. I've been working a lot. I mean, I'm such a workaholic, but it's it's good. I mean, I had a really nice summer. Um, I worked a lot, and you know, I had fun. But um, I'm working on a lot of the Child Victims Act cases, and and right now they extended the law for one more year. So if you or anybody out there was a victim of a sex crimes as a child, molested, either the Catholic Church, schools, Boy Scouts, you have one year to file. Um, if you're looking for an attorney, you can always reach out to me through Bill or Mark. That's the, that's the statute of limitations? What, they just extended another year, yeah. I'm so happy Mark didn't wear his Boy Scout leader shirt tonight. There's a movie called Spotlight, by the way, on Netflix. Spotlight is a great yes, movie. Yes, I saw that, yeah. Yeah, and that's basically what I'm doing, those kind of cases. What, mean, what is that? I think I saw that. Which one was that? That was about Boston, the Boston Archdiocese. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. They didn't want to do a story about it. That was pretty good, actually. That was a pretty good Dragging movie. Dragging their feet. You know, that was pretty good. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was pretty good. Yeah, that was definitely good. That was a good well, movie. I have a friend. Um, let me get my phone. Hold on a second. Hey, what happened to our guest? She left. <laughs> she gets paid big bucks to be on this show. No. <laughs> well, I also have a friend who um who did a a pretty good a pretty good movie. Uh he filmed a pretty good movie regarding the the president of the Philippines. I'll tell you the name of the movie. Hold on. I just forgot the name of it. It's called um A Thousand Cuts. And it's um Regarding the journalist Maria Ressa, it's pretty good. You should watch it, especially you, Mark. You should, you might like it. A thousand cuts. What's it, what's it about? Sundance, Sundance Festival. It's about the uh, oh my god, the president of um of the Philippines. Oh my, and the way they kill people in the Philippines, I just cannot believe how the police there are so different. If you sell drugs in the Philippines, they basically kill you with no problem whatsoever, no questions asked. Yeah, you should watch it. It's pretty good. My friend, um, Gabriel. That's a real heavy duty snoo unit. Yeah, my friend Gabriel Good Enough um, actually filmed it. Yo, I just saw this. Uh, I read this article recently about, um, I, I forget where, where, where it is. Maybe it's in China. But uh, the penalty for, uh, it could be an Arab country though, but the penalty for, for stealing is they cut off four of your fingers. I think in Africa they do that, right? With the diamonds? But they, they're doing it. They, they caught these two kids stealing. And they're up next to lose their finger. They were doing finger. that here for a while, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, they're, they're, so now, it's not, I don't know who, who um, this has been going on for a while, but they do it on the snake tip. That's the way they, you know, they punish their people there. But now all of a sudden, this, uh, there's a fight to save these boys' fingers. By the way, Mark, nice haircut. Thank you so much, Irma. 
That's a, that's a it looks nice too. You, ever. you uh, <laughs> Mark, you color your hair? No, no. I got the sides all gray. You wouldn't admit it if you did, I don't think. No, I, I have done it before, but I haven't done it lately. Yeah. I don't color I did my it a couple hair. times. How about you, Bill? Yeah, I look like I color my hair. You need to color your hair now. Is that white? I have gray hair. My grays are coming in. I like gray hair. I think it's cool. Yeah, yeah but you know what? Uh, well, <laughs> your hair looks great, Irma. But I was going <laughs> to give a compliment to Bill. Uh, I think your white hair suits you, Bill. I think it's very, uh, I think it's perfect. I think you're, uh, it's like a freak. Uh, you got to look for, uh, yeah. <laughs> you put a collar on. Yeah, yeah, I could be a priest. You're right. Yeah. Wear his Boy Scout leader shirt. I was going, Bill. So I thought you were working a lot of um, human trafficking cases. No, I also work with, I, I have two jobs. I, I, I also work for a foster care agency with, that's like my own private investigation contract. And what I do with them is, um, you know, like I said before, any parents who don't visit their children, I have to really look for them. But then we also do a lot of the missing, missing, um, you know, foster kids that run away. And right now, they, almost everybody ran away from their foster homes because nobody's looking for them really, you know, with COVID. You know, but a lot of the girls are being trafficked, you know, I mean, the feds are getting involved, ACS runaway unit gets involved with that, but there's a lot of human trafficking going on, especially like I said before, with the, with the gangs, the blood. It's dangerous though. Like what happens if you go and you, you're looking for a girl and uh, she's being trafficked? Like, what do you do after that? I, 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 did, I did it once and I learned my lesson. I don't even look for them anymore. There's no reason to really, you, there's nothing I can do. I mean, we notified the FBI once before and we actually got the girls in, in, in Pennsylvania, you know, um, they were being trafficked on um, 15 years old. I mean, they just right, right off the street. Um, but um, a lot and of the they, don't do they, 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 they recruit these girls? Huh? How do they recruit the girls? Like just for first the parents all, out there, what to avoid? First of all, no, some of the group homes, like some of the group homes, like up in Westchester, mm -hmm. have one girl who maybe turns the other girls out. So she gets paid, say $200 to bring her friend to this guy. The guy like takes the Epstein thing, right? Yeah, exactly. Same way. Exactly. And that's what's going on in the group homes. I think I'm, I'm, I'm trying to talk to someone about doing a documentary on the foster care system because um, there's so much stuff that goes on. And it's like they have their hands tied also, the foster care agencies, because the laws protect the, the kids, you know, like um, you can't handcuff them if you get them. Even with a pin's warrant, you can't do certain things. If you see the kid on the street, you tell them they have to go with you. They can say no and run away. You can't do anything about it. So what's the purpose of looking for them? I was going to say, like, when you when you have those parents, because you say you go after the parents uh, to see if they're seeing their kids. I, I was going to say, why don't you just grab the kid and bring it to the parent? Yeah, but I don't even I don't even look for them anymore. You, you got to do hey, look. There he goes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw him a picture. No, but um, no, but I don't really look for them as much as I used to. Like, I used to go knocking on doors. I stopped doing that. I found an easier way to do it. And it's working well, you know, so most of the parents I do locate, you know, and social media is great to locate people. So, so what do you tell them? If you don't visit your child within um, in the next few weeks, or you don't call the agency, you're going to terminate your parental rights, and they <clears throat> forward. Some of them don't. Some of them don't even come forward. Some of them don't even care. What they're so hooked on drugs and stuff that they they can't even focus, right? Yeah, they so. I mean, the drugs. But a kid also. <laughs> and some of them just don't want you know don't want the kids. No, but I remember a kid that's a pins is, is a big problem. Person, oh, the, pin, the girls, fifteen years old. Well, explain to our audience what a pins is. It's a person in need of supervision. They're less than what, 16? Yeah. It's, I, think it's, I think it's hard to get those pin petitions these days. Yeah. You know, it's just everything. They really, they throw that whole thing on the police department. And, and if you got to get a kid that's a pins, it takes about 
you know, 12 hours to get the kid lodged and all that stuff, you know? You know, it's amazing how many things the, the police department uh, is, is responsible for handling. Pins, um, EDPs. How about uh, sitting on an EDP in a hospital? Think the homeless. That is. They you have know, hospital police. They have security guards. Why does a cop, a uniformed cop, have to waste his time sitting in a hospital till some weirdo uh, PhD doctor in there decides to admit the guy and let him go, right? The reason why all these uh, other agencies felt wind up falling underneath the NYPD bill is because you all like like you always say, out of all the municipalities, the police department in New York does it the best. They're the most right. most organized, the most that you can count on. The other ones are a mess. The teachers union is a freaking mess. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So. I think it has to do with money. I think we got federal money. The NYPD gets federal money for. Well, why do you think they wanted to defund the police? The, all the, the defunded police is they're looking around, they're seeing state troopers driving around. They're like, you know what? We got all these extra cops here. Why do we need to pay so many cops? That's all fucking defunding police is. Mm -hmm. It's they want the fucking federal government, just like when I came on, safe city, safe streets. They want the federal government to send the money so they can finance their police departments and they can use that money for something else. That's exactly what they want. Remember, remember when they first said, Irma, and you were in the squad this time, they said, everyone's going to get a computer station. And we were like, get the fuck out of here. No way, right? Because we were using typewriters. They goes, there's no way the police department's paying for each detective to have a computer. And it actually happens, right? Yeah. Weren't you shocked? No more carbons. Nobody used to use carbons in the typewriters. I used to rip them up so much. I used to make so much mistakes typing. I hate the paperwork. I don't mind doing the work. I just hate the paper. Even still, like even here, like I, I hate the paper. But I, I mean, I do it, but still. And remember when Bratton first took over? We were using our own cell phones. Remember? Yeah, I didn't have a cell phone right away. I didn't want one. No, I, I used to use my own cell I used to give my cell phone out. Yeah. I used to give my cell phone out to my victims. <laughs> yeah. Or even you'd have to give your own personal email out to get a photo array from another police department. Remember that? Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> and mine used to go into Mark DeMeo. Yeah. <laughs> that was the only, uh, <laughs> I only had the one email address back then. And now what they have these, these phones, these department phones that have all the databases. Yeah, what is the deal with the with the thing that they have now? Like they get their jobs, they're not using the radio anymore? Well, the jobs probably come right over the phone. So yeah, right? so there's no re re reason to like really no, listen no, to no. the radio, right? They have those, no, but they, I, I don't know. I, I, it's been nine, it's been almost nine years since I've been out. Like your job, like you get your job through, I think the phone. Yeah, but you also have to get might be doing, I wonder if they do the whole 61 on the phone. Yeah, I wonder. That, that's or do they no, they have oh, iPads. There, you they probably have iPads. I think they have iPads in the cars too. So you can actually do your paperwork in the car. Uh-huh. You know? You know how most so many guys they, they just spend the whole tour in the damn station house? Yeah. I gotta do paperwork. I gotta drop this off. I go, now you don't have to do any of that, right? Well, but what you do is you, you gotta do it sometime. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, if you want to complete it right after the job, that needs up a lot of time before getting to your next job, if it's busy. I mean, who does the paper? The reason why you do it later is because you got to go to another job. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? 
Like you just like you just take two names down the date of birth and you fucking you take off you 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 make it up when you get back to the command. What did that person say again? <laughs> so Irma, can you give me a job? You want to do surveillance? Yeah, man. I'm gonna need something, man. My academy gig just you know, you talk about police defunding and how it affects everything and all this shit. I never in a million years thought that uh that I would be affected by it, but they defunded that program. So now, like, I'm just out of so much money right now. Right, right. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of work out here, I'm telling you. There really is. If you, you I can do something. If you have a PI license, you can you can find work. There's a lot of work. Oh, I got to get my PI license, right? If you get a security license, you can work on somebody else's, you know? How much does that cost? Like $500, 400 you know? Oof. It's worth it. There is work out here. You can take it. You can do a. Bill, let me five hundred bucks. In advance on the Patreon. Bill, let me five hundred bucks. He's not like the perfect storm. He lost the academy job and he's not doing comedy now, which what? he's making it, you know, or very rarely, right? You find yourself in some older woman that might take care of you. Yeah, he needs his sugar mama. Yeah, I, I created this whole thing, like you know, it was almost like bulletproof. All these different. Um, ways to to generate income you know what i'm saying and i even had a class i was going to teach a comedy class plus the podcast you know i'm always thinking always that's, why I, that's, that's what you do in new york no that's why i tell people you should stick to your like your, where you really come from like we come from law enforcement like it's yeah. always good to keep the law enforcement background the private investigations the uh -huh. that kind of work you know you can do all this stuff as a hobby but keep, hold on to the to, to, to the meat and the meat is who we are with cops, you know, with, you know, with investigators, you know, I mean, I know, I'm not sure about Mark, but, uh, you know, but, you know, but I'm joking. <laughs> but the whole thing was, you know, when I got, when I decided that I was going to retire, when I did, it was the whole thing was I, you know, I did what I had to do. This is going to be my time right now. Yeah, but, yeah, and but then it, that's what I started doing and, and everything was going fine. And then I got divorced, but so I had to find another source of income. So I took this little gig in the building and I did my stand-up, I did my TV, um, and that's the way I was making the money. And I was doing fine. And now it's all taken away from me. See, but one the thing that thing I have left is the fucking building thing. See, but my thing is this, and anybody out there who's retiring, retiring, you always need an investigator. The same way you always need a nurse, you need a doctor, you always need somebody to investigate something. So uh -huh. investigations is there's so much work in investigations. You could always find work. You know, you can always call me up, you know, this work out here, you know, maybe not with me, but with other people, I can give you ideas of stuff to do. There's so much work out there for, for us. Like, you know, if you really want it, in the police department, if you weren't really doing anything, just letting the time go by, when you come out here, it's going to be the same thing. But if you really are a hard worker and you want to work, there's definitely work out here. Mm -hmm. Did the attorneys try to lowball you with how much they no. want to pay you an hour? No. Because they learned, they learned, right? They they tried to do it in the beginning. Well, you 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 know what it, what it is in the beginning. You kind of like lowball your your hourly rate because you're just starting. But then you realize, you know, they you can, they can't even get half the information you can get them. You know, you you, you can right. them or the interviews you do for them. You know, then you realize that you're a little bit better. I had one attorney, Andrew Stengel. I was working with him. He was pretty good. He he he's the one who kind of kind of like started raising raising my fee on his own. You know, and then from then on, I've been just charging whatever, you know, whatever I want. But what, there's what computer databases? Me. I'll help you out. Um, work out here. I can tell you about just, you know, just we'll meet up one day and I'll explain some stuff to you if you want. What yeah, computer definitely. databases do you have? What do you use? I use TLO the most. What is that? 
It's called, it's part of TransUnion. It's pretty good. It's, it's called TLO. They're, they're like the best one so far that I feel like they, since they're affiliated with TransUnion, a lot of the information is up to date, like, you know, um, addresses, utilities checks, you know, so they're, they're pretty good. You don't have DMV? No, I hate DMV. You know why? Because DMV, they can audit you anytime they want. They're really strict. I don't. I don't want to do that. I had a, a third party one, but that's gone. You know. I guess that, you know they got kind of caught. So they. <laughs> I mean, I'll join third party. You know. Check. That's the funny thing is about um. You know when you go when you said you had a third party one. Remember, I remember being like in um, in the squad or at Warrants and like either I had a book with everybody else's codes in it because we had like fifteen different applications that we had to go through. Uh, you know, to do a background check on somebody. So you had to do bads, you had to do crims, you had to do DMV. Yeah, and there, um, I'm not even scratching the surface, man. <laughs> it's like fucking nitro, uh, all these different things. What? Cars, right? And uh, crim, bads, cars, crims, nitro, all these different, and like, so like, instead of just put, putting somebody's name in, and just getting all this information on in one shot, you had to go to every single log out, log in, every single application. I, remember, I know years ago, only the person who could do a background check was the district attorney's office. Right, right. You know, but a lot of cops, a lot of cops that I meet, I tell them straight out, listen, if you ever need a background check or anything done, do not use the department computers. Call me, I'll do it for free. I mean, I do stuff for free for a lot of people. People who are poor, I'll do free things for them. You know, like if somebody needs help, I'll help them out. I don't care. It comes back to me twofold. I don't really care. And how good? Uh, how much do you just? How much use money the I make? What was that? How much do you just use the internet as an investigative resource? I use it. I use the internet. Um, I use social media. It's the best. You can get find out so much stuff about people on social media. Right. You know? And anybody, you know, and you know what it is, is like, just know, like, the model for SAGE is knowing is everything. And in a way it's true, like knowing is everything. Knowing is everything, but it's also could be messed up for you. Like, knowing some, some stuff or how to find out stuff sometimes could not work good for you either. You know, you might find out stuff that you don't want to find out, but yeah, you know. but it's hard being a detective. I think that's the hardest part about in life is like being able to know things or finding things out, you know? Yeah, I remember being like, you know, interrogating people and, um, you know, you'd always come to that question when, you know, it's going to hit the fan right now. It's like, uh, so where were you? What, you know, why is this? And then that, that's when you were going to find out the real answer. And I remember, you know, like always being nervous about answering, asking that one question that mm -hmm. is going to turn this whole interview around, you know, and, uh, and, you know, just the ramifications of it. And this person's going to be in trouble and they, you know, they're going to go to prison right now. And, yeah. You know, it was like uh, you felt bad in a way. Sometimes you did feel bad, right? Sometimes you did feel bad when the purpose like telling you everything. They trusted you so much. <clears throat> they thought you were their friend and they're telling you all this stuff. And then next, thing you know, they're going to jail. And they go, oh, I, I thought I was just telling you just to tell you like my confession. <laughs> I remember a guy gave us the, the, took us to the apartment where the murder weapon was. And the guy in the apartment, we promised that we wouldn't lock up the guy in the apartment because he didn't have anything to do with it. So they handed the gun to us, and it just made the guy that turned the gun over get, you know, it put another nail in his coffin, you know? But he did it anyway. He gave us the See, cases like that, I, I, always hate, I always hated those cases, even though, of course, you do what you have to do as a, you know, to get information, but one thing I hated was, like, here's the guy who just got busted for narcotics, 
and now he's going to give up the kilo and he's going to set the guy up and you see him walking and set him up and you're going, this poor guy is so stupid. I would never tell, you know, like I wouldn't, I would never tell. And what is his life worth after that? Yeah, he's, he's a walking, he's like a dead man walking, you know, that's like, you know, I, I always thought that I used to feel sorry for them. Like they're so desperate to get out, they'll rat somebody out and then. Remember that white castle in the two, three precinct? They had a huge drug crew. It was the only white castle in the city that wasn't making money. Really? The drug crew took over the white castle. Really? Running drugs out of there, you know, 24-7, because I think white castles are open 24-7. I don't like white castle. They had a big case and the whole the whole crew, they took them down. And I remember these guys from Manhattan North, George Tormill, Brian Hunt, some of these guys. Took the took that case down. Really? And the, the the real guy who thought he was hot shit, they just told him they go, you know, this case is going federal. You're looking at sixty to life, and you had to see him, man. He was just like, well, you know what's, <laughs> you know what's interesting that you bring that up is that I read an article. Uh, well, I was watching this little thing, uh, a couple of seconds of it about Florida and the governor there, um, and then also Texas as well. What they decided to do was. Um, they decided to, uh, they're going to create new bills where if you attack a police officer doing a protest, it's like a hate crime, oh, and riot, federally charged and all this thing. Uh, uh, and then also, uh, if you see the, um, in Lancaster, they, they posted a, a million dollars bail on uh, the people that they arrested from their protest yeah, who were rioting. And uh, you see all this reform that's happening around the country right now. At the same time, you're also seeing people that are getting arrested, um, you know, for stuff that they did like two or three months ago. Oregon has uh, deputized their police officers. Um, so now they're sheriffs and they work federally. So they don't have to use the DAs, these uh, anarchist DAs, and they can prosecute them federally. So if you see around the country, this this wave of things changing, it's it's going to change the way people protest. I mean, you're going to see. Uh, well, instead you know of what it is? It's because the local prosecutors aren't doing shit. And yeah. The mayor, well, the mayor is saying, "Give it a soft touch," and the governor of New York State is saying, "I side with the protesters." So thank God for the feds, right? There was, mil there was millions and millions and billions of dollars of damage d done throughout the country, and who's going to pay for all this shit? And uh, who's responsible for it? Well. And then the, the media says only 7% of the protesters were violent. I find that... It doesn't matter. You just, all you need is 1%. 1% of the protesters could do damage that's unheard of, you could, that you could never come back from, which is, which is what's happening. Yeah. The, but there are a lot of people um, getting arrested every single day. And I'm going to tell you something right now. If, uh, if, if Trump winds up becoming president again, all those people that are arrested and they have... Um, lawyers that are being funded by these different groups those those they're just being temporarily funded if you yeah. got a federal case right now and you're going to do 10 years and trump wins the election the fuck am i going to keep paying for it we don't have to start this shit up again for another four years there's going to be a huge break we're going to re, re, regroup reconnect and make another go at it they do well, it all the time my father was yeah. a radical in the 70s and now look at it took 30 years for them to get this fucking steam going, this role going, the same exact shit that was going on back then. And if, if Trump becomes president again, oh, there's going to be a heat afterwards, but um, then he's going to go into it's, it's four more years. You're not going to have the endurance to keep, they're not going to pay for these people's lawyers. They're going to be stuck.
Well, do you remember the girl early on in the demonstrations in New York City? She was from the Catskills, and she threw a Molotov cocktail inside. Yeah, the yeah. yeah. She's getting like 20 to life. I know. You know, she's this smiling little idiot who's like 22 or 23 years old. Enjoy, you know, federal prison for 20 years. And Listen, there's a lot of people that you see coming up now and um, or like within the last five or 10 years, and they're coming up for... Um, you know, being released from prison, parole, whatever. And then you see these stories. Oh, so-and-so was a radical from back then. They, they were involved in police bombing, this, that, and the other. These are the people that you're going to see now. 20 years from now, this girl's going to be coming up for parole, and they're going to see a thing, and you're going to be like, oh, we got to fight this girl because she uh, threw a Molotov co cocktail at a, at a police car back in the riots in the fucking 2020. That's exactly what's going to happen. It just keeps keeps going it's a cycle man well how about the ivy league attorney and his, his girlfriend oh yeah they're all facing big time they're you know, fucked they're they fucked do life, they do their life play they just okay. brainwashed all these these kids are all brainwashed i mean I, I just never really realized how much they get brainwashed when they're in college and it's so true it really is well you know what's amazing to me is how if you say something conservative <laughs> them, they get triggered and they go edp on they go fucking triggered. They, I mean, that term triggered is a real term. These jackasses that go to these Sunnis and these professors, I don't know where they get them from. You know, a huge part of Antifa are teachers. They've discovered that they're locking them up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Listen, if, uh, that's why they don't want to go back to school and teach, because if they have to go to work in the morning, who's going to want to go fucking ride at night? <laughs> So true. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna be tired. I got papers. Well, I to can't write tonight. I gotta to be up early to teach. <laughs> we got the fucking parent teachers thing tomorrow. It's uh, and I'm not even kidding, man. It's a fucking hundred percent true. Let me. <laughs> I was gonna say something, but now I forgot. Uh, it'll come back to me <laughs> about this whole freaking uh, the writing thing. Yeah, it'll come back to me. You guys go. So, Irma, where do you see the, the, the city going from here, though? I don't know. I, I just can't see how they're going to clean it up again. I really, I mean, the cops have, I, I hardly ever see a police car, ever, when I see a police car. Very, very rarely. Mark, do you see police cars in the city when you're here? Uh, Not like, you know, obviously there's no foot post, and uh, it seems like everybody's barricading the prison, uh, the, the precincts. Yeah, <laughs> the precincts are very rough. They opened them up, though. Midtown South is opened, um, the 5-0, I mean, a few, the 7th precinct is open. You know, oh, you mean they don't block the blocks off anymore? They stopped. No, so well, you can't. The, the first <laughs> I was down at the I was down at the first on on Monday, and they it's still the closed. They still blocked the block. Really? Someone threw a bottle of cocktail at the precinct. Oh, okay. So I would do the, I would do the blocks forever. Yeah. They should. I, I like it because then we could we able to park there sometimes. You know. No, New York City was the only uh, police jurisdiction. Just let people come in and out of the precinct, like like. Is a public place. You go to Nassau County, you got to be like buzzed into these big doors that are sticking safes, you know? In the last few years, they got more strict when you come into a precinct, you know? Well, they should be. Yeah. You know? People do mean harm to the police officers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen. Well, the easiest way to do that is throw a uniform on. Nobody questions a person in a uniform either. So if you walk into a precinct, I still always say that, you know, you walk into a precinct, just put on a, a uh, any any name and, and they'll let you in. I mean, I'm surprised that hasn't happened. So if Mark wore his Boy Scout leader uniform, he could get right in. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. It, gets, it gets dark out really early now, especially out here. When I come out here, when I leave this office now, I'm on 35th Street. I tell you, there's so many bums. The place is so dirty. The other night I came out, there was some guy, he had every garbage bag from the whole block laid out on the street. <laughs> you know? Some guy well, that, was, that was the term for homeless people. The politically incorrect term years ago was bums. I know the bums. They, they look like bums. Then it became, oh, they're homeless. They're not bums. You know? Oh, and I used to work. Even, but even my kids, even my kids, even my niece, like my niece, one of my nieces, she's like so pro, so anti-cop now. But her, her parents were cops. Like, I don't understand them. You know, even my I, my son sometimes, I'll make a comment and they'll jump, jump down my throat, even though I'm joking. But You know what it is? It's just that you just want to, you feel like you want to be on the right side of history. And it's, it's so much of a burden or uh, all the information that they're getting is just from one side. And they don't want to go against their friends. They'd rather just stay out of it. You know what I'm saying? But they want to seem somewhat intelligent. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about, though. And that's why they're kids. I, I feel like I, I would say what I want to say. I don't care what people tell me. Like the other day, I was walking down the street with Billy McNeely. And there was like of these demonstrators, like Black Lives Matter, but they were all white, number one. So some white, some white guy walks by me, and I go, Puerto Rican Lives Matter. And he looked at me, he, you know, he wanted to say something, but what's he gonna tell me? I'm freaking, what's he gonna tell me? I can't say Puerto Rican Lives Matter? You can't tell me that. You know, you, he probably doesn't even have a, a Spanish friend or a black friend. And they're like, oh, Black Lives Matter. They're so full of shit, yeah. half of them. You know, it's all about money. And what well, are they oh, this, this is what nothing for them nothing whatsoever if they're giving money to the negro college fund or, or helping a poor community building a, a pal or something they're not doing anything with that money no they're not we have a bunch of kids right now that are disenfranchised okay they're, they're really warriors they're fighters and you know we have a population like just throughout history you have the spartans and you have the athenians you know uh the people from athens and those you know you had the fighters and you had the scholars and you have people that it's in their blood to be fighters, except there's nothing to fight about. They won't join the service here and learn how to fight and learn how to combat. So they're finding a home, uh, uh, something that they belong to, a cause, as dumb as it is. And they don't realize that pissing into the wind, you're never, ever going to win. They'll fucking come up ashore and fucking the military in this country will kill hundreds of fucking kids if they have to. They're not giving up power. It's a fucking, that's just a oh. fact. But Mark, the, the thing that is uh, sort of disconcerting is that with these riots, uh, when the government of, the, of this city backs up the rioters, and, and I mean, to me, when I saw that early on in the riots, when that police lieutenant got hit in the head with a brick and one of his cops pulled his gun, the Blasio wanted to fire the cop. I, I was like, crazy. That I probably, the police commissioner probably said, no, 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 no. He was 100% right to do that. I mean, but I just, when I heard he said that, I was like, this mayor is just a moron. Yeah, you are, though. You're a pawn. You're a pawn out there to take the punishment on their behalf. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to stay out there, get beat up, the shit kicked out of you. And then on November 4th, everything's going to be fine. It's going to go back to normal. Yeah. No, it's not going to happen. You know why? They're already setting it up with the with the post office. They're already setting it up. The, They're trying to steal the election already. The problem with the numbers, you know. It's always going to be a problem. It's the same thing as Hillary. She was a, a sore loser. You know, I mean, you you know, I, I don't mind to politics. I, I'm not taking any sides. I'm not discussing what what I if I'm a Democrat or Republican, whatever the hell I, I vote for. It has nothing to do with that. It just has to do with what's right and what's wrong. And right now, I just think that our city is completely destroyed. Everybody's blaming Trump for everything, which... Don't, don't people just see what's going on? I mean, they blame them for the fires. 
open your eyes and see what's going on. It's all fake. I've been in the office for three and a half years or three years, three and a quarter years, uh, three quarters years. And uh, all this shit, uh, he's blamed for everything. You know, he, you know what? Funny that Trump did that a lot of people don't talk about. He talked, he helped people who were in prison. He got, he got people out of prison who shouldn't have been in there. Like the Rockefeller Wars. The Rockefeller Wars were horrible. You People were in jail for life over a nickel bag. I mean, and, and you have people who kill people who are not, who are out. It's just ridiculous. You know, but he. No, that's he, another thing, the bail reform. Um, the bail reform. You know, but listen, if you think about it this way, too, always I always like to look at the flip side of it. Um, if I've, if you are arresting a protester and he's out there doing damage and he comes in for about three hours, two things could happen. Either you could have pictures of him or video of him doing something else. And now we got somebody out in the street that's going to give us all the information or we can let him go out there and 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 ride some more, make some more destruction and bring him back in again. And in, in that in that aspect, you're you're giving him enough rope to hang himself, or they're going to work for you. You know what I'm saying? Because if they get out, like what would you think about just on a regular street tip? You just got arrested, and now you come back. Your boy comes back, right? What are you going to say? Yo, what the fuck happened? Yo, what you talking about? You got arrested, and you came back. I was by the rumor that that person's a rat. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just think about the logic of that. You got arrested, and like what? You came back. It just doesn't make sense. Now, if I got you, if I got you like this with a Molotov cocktail, and when I collar you, I'm showing you the picture. I said, "Listen, you're gonna call me every day. You're gonna tell me where the meetings are, who's doing what. I want emails forwarded to me. I want your cell phone uh, access to your cell phone. Oh, we're gonna charge you right now for this. What are you gonna do? You're gonna go back out in the street and you're fucking gonna give me all the information I need. They're getting so out they're, of the street. They're giving out, they're getting back on the street without giving any information. They're getting that's what you think. That's what you think. But I, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I doubt it. That prison even, even if it, even if they're not getting the information on the other end, you're getting more rope to hang yourself. All these people, they're all getting collared right now. It happened two or three months after the fact, but it's all 10 year bids. Right. I mean, they are, they are, they are getting right. They're close attention. They're, they're in the paper every day, six, yeah, seven, are. eight people getting arrested. Yeah. A lot of these Antifa little bitches are crying. The dad, they're the rich daddies. Daddy, what happened? You know. Well, there was just a group of uh, I don't know, maybe twelve people arrested in New York City, or maybe it was eight. And one of them was uh, a girl who's been radical since she was like fourteen. But uh, her parents are like, you know, one guy's a, I don't know, a psychologist, and the mother's a something else. It's a complete embarrassment. Yeah, big bucks, yeah. A complete embarrassment. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, what do you do with this girl right now? I mean, the whole life is just going to be, uh, it's going to be about how, what you could have done, what you could have, because there's no future in it, really. There isn't. <laughs> there's, no, there's no future in being a radical. Although the, the DA in, in Los Angeles or in San Francisco is Catherine Bowden's son. Uh -huh. The Brinks robber from Rockland, that uh -huh. now a Columbia University professor. Which is, I mean, can you believe this shit? She yeah. was one of the Brinks robbers where two cops were murdered in Rockland. And she's a professor at Columbia. Her son is the DA in San Francisco. You can't make this shit up. You couldn't even write this shit for a bad movie, you know? I guess, yeah, listen, I guess things happen. You know, people stay afloat long enough. But for the majority of the people that wind up getting involved in this shit, it doesn't really work out for them in the long run, especially the small people that are out there um, actually doing the work, you know, running around and throwing the Molotov cocktails. 
you know, and all those big heads of these groups, they're all going to go down. They're all going to get hit with the RICO Act. Yeah. It's just a matter of time. It's coming. It's coming. They don't even realize that you're on your last fucking days right now. How about it now with the, with the Supreme Court pick? RBG. All of a sudden, she's a football player. She's got she's got three initials, RBG, you know. But the, the as long as you're president, you can appoint, you can do president things, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm so surprised. I'm surprised he didn't appoint the, the the new one today. Yeah, right. Exactly. I really am. I'm surprised they waited today. It will happen by the end of the week, though. Oh, for sure. How, how do they tell him he can't do it? Are you? What are you kidding me? It's what's listen, fair. If you listen, if you ever watch The Apprentice. If you made it to The Apprentice and you were like, and you had the chance, this opportunity on The Apprentice, and you didn't take it, he would have scolded you. Like you had a golden opportunity, you could have seized the whole game right there, and he dropped the ball. Why didn't you? Like this is like Taylor one made for. There's no way he's not going to do it. He's definitely doing it. He doesn't give a shit. Of there's course no he's way. doing it. But I love seeing they're, they're going to. The Democrats are going to try to. They're going to try to fill the Senate anyway or break the Senate anyway. And they're going to try to filibuster anyway, whether they get the seat or not. So why not just do it? The Democrats wanted to get rid of the filibuster. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They're going to break it. Yeah. They're going to get rid of it. And they feel like they're going to take over the Senate anyway. So they, once they have that power, they want to like, uh, like put in, like double up on the amount of Supreme Court um, people that get in. Yeah, you know didn't, know she, didn't they know she was dying anyway? Didn't they know yeah, she, was... she knew she's been dying for nine years? I'm telling you, they probably had her on life support for two months. It just couldn't do it anymore. No, she had, she had a cancer for nine years. I'm just saying, she was probably on life support for two months. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they just, when my father died, I was sitting there talking to him for like 20 minutes. I didn't realize he was dead because he was on this uh, machine <laughs> that was breathing for him and his chest was going up and down. And I was looking at the thing, and it was just like flatlined, but I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, I oh, probably should date it right now. And then the lady came in, and she goes, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah. She goes, all right. Um, I guess it's time, you know? And I was like, all right. And then I just asked later on. I was like, oh, so he's dead? And I'm like, yeah, he's been dead for a little while. We just gave you a moment. <laughs> Did you do a comedy bit on that? You probably No, did. no, I'm telling you the truth for the yeah, first time. I never, right now. Come on. I never talked about that. That's what I keep saying. Like, she was 80-something years old. Like, what do they expect her to live forever? Like, come on. Well, her goal was to live until... Um, until November 3rd. <laughs> yeah, until <laughs> Trump got elected again. Horseshit. <laughs> it's, it's amazing when people start whining. You're like, not fair. Like, I don't care about anything anymore. It's just, I just want to work. Let's not talk fair, you know, what's fair. Are you kidding me? If it's the okay. Democrats were in, were in power, if they had the Senate and the White House, they would do the same thing. Yeah, of course. Of course. They already gave an example of Kavanaugh. You know what I'm saying? What they would rake somebody through. So now these two these two um these two nominees, the head uh the people that are in the front running are both women, women uh, female judges. So all right, so we're gonna, they're gonna nominate one of them, and that girl better get that female uh, that lady, that woman better get ready because they're gonna fucking go through every single thing to try and destroy her. Even though all the feminist groups, instead of backing her, oh, they'll go against her. Oh no, you have no idea, man. It's so fake, isn't it? It's just so fake. Well, I don't. Start happening tomorrow. Watch, you'll see. Yeah, I don't even know about it. I'm telling you, I, I hate to be in that lady's shoes, but she's gonna overcome it. 
There's nothing you can do, man. You know, it's amazing to me. They just took down Teddy Roosevelt's statue, but they want to put an RBG statue in Brooklyn. Are you kidding me? They're ripping down statues, but now they want to, because it's theirs, they want to put a new one up, you know? Yeah, what was wrong with Teddy Roosevelt, man? I don't know. Was fucking American, bro. That guy was an outdoorsman. He, he was like the way he hit his horse in the air. So. Yeah, he was an outdoorsman. I saw that in the museum. Yeah. It's about the demasculation of this country, man. Anybody who is like a macho guy, uh, you know, they want to take him down. They hate that fucking that 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 machismo, the man in power. They want all that done. You know what I'm saying? They want. Uh, that's the whole move, right there. Half of it, anyway. Whether you're metrosexual these days. That's metrosexual, I love that term. No, there's no, yeah. Any type of masculinity is frowned upon right now. These eyebrows and stuff. I'm telling you, a guy like me, I don't stand a chance in the future, man. I'm too macho. <laughs> macho, macho, man. Remember that song? <laughs> I want to be a macho, macho man. man. <laughs> so it's like we let have a party soon. Is it always still socially distancing? It sucks. I'm so sick of it. I know. Uh, you know, I can't wait till the movie theaters open up. It's been a long, it's been six months already, right? I miss the movies. That's one thing I really miss. You got to watch it in your house now. You got to be in that. I don't watch TV at home like that. No? Nah, it's not the same. So you were, how many hours a day you put in over there? There? Me? Yeah. It depends. You know, I, I don't work every day. You know, I, what do you I work all the there. money though. You go I work two days a week, maybe three two days. days. And then I work the other stuff. You know, I, I bounce around. The good thing is I can take my computer anywhere I want. I can do work wherever I'm at. So, you know, I'll go to Pennsylvania, see my friends, you know. Um, what do you do with all this money? I'm going to be running away pretty soon. Yeah. No, but I mean, once we can start taking vacations again. Yeah. We could do like uh, a fucking a police the cuff on the road. I'm basically, I'm going to be able to do what, hopefully travel around a little bit. Yeah, you could produce police off the cuff on the road. We could, we could go to Puerto Rico. Yeah. Cops over there. Yeah. Why not? On the comedy show, too. She could we should do that. We should, we should go to like Puerto Rico and do and film the cops there. I have a relative as a cop in Puerto Rico. They kick ass in Puerto Rico, right? Oh, my God. Years ago, I watched them. I couldn't believe it. I was a cop already in 1985, maybe. And I remember being in Puerto Rico and watching the cops beat the crap out of people. I was like shocked. I couldn't believe it. You know what didn't make yeah, a lot of news? The show cops, the most brutal cops I've ever seen is uh, Russian cops. Oh. They beat the shit out of you before they even know what you did, you know? <laughs> it's like, they, they didn't do anything. Listen, when you see a thousand cuts, when you see that documentary, you're going to see the Philippines. Unbelievable what they're like. Look, Mark, make sure you watch did you, that. Um, did you see that I think it was like last week, Biden's Biden's campaign said that they were going to, uh, if he becomes president, he's going to, he's going to give Puerto Rico a lot of money, whatever. Oh. And then right all right that within two days, Trump gave thirteen billion dollars to, <laughs> to Puerto Rico. <laughs> within two days, it didn't take more than that. <laughs> yeah, but I'm pretty sure Biden knew that was coming anyway. Uh, maybe he, uh, maybe before the hand, maybe it was. Maybe he said that knowing, who knows what, I mean, talk about a chess match, man. These guys are like- You see that picture going around that, that, that Biden's saying, oh, Babe Ruth died. Have you seen that cartoon? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Babe Ruth died. Yeah, there's a lot of them. God bless the internet, man. It's an amazing- You know, you know what's funny is that Obama wouldn't endorse him at all till he, it was clear that he was going to be the nominee. He wanted nothing to do with endorsing him. 
Remember when they had about 20 different Democratic candidates? Yeah, well, he said, he goes, give him enough time, he's going to fucking fuck it up. <laughs> That's what he said. Anywho, we're about the hour right now. Um, what do you got cooking, Irma? You got uh, anything you want to plug? Um, um, retired Detectives Association, make sure everybody joins the Retired Detectives, you know, in New York. What is that all about? Um, they have meetings every every once a every, every month. They're having an outing, I believe, a golf outing. I believe it's on Thursday. I'll let you more know more about that as the time goes on. You know, I got to get some information from Kevin Schroeder, but I'll, I want to make sure that um, they get the numbers up. Like everybody who's retired joins. It doesn't even cost much. You know, you get you get cards. You know, you get you get a newsletter, and also you know you get um, there's a lot of different functions like they have cigar night, is a fundraiser. Maybe they need a podcast to promote it on. Yeah. Which brings us to this point. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, fans of uh, Police Off the Cuff and Police Off the Cuff After Hours, we now have a Patreon. Um, it's uh, Police Off the Cuff at patreon.com. Irma's actually one of our clients. Yes, she's one, a customer. She's a good person, Irma. Thank you so much. Uh, it's building up slowly but surely. Um, and uh, we have three tiers. Bill, you want to tell us about the tiers? <laughs> the names are so the, dumb. The first tier, which is the cheap bucks, seven bucks, it's called the bucket, because that's what you deserve for spending seven bucks. The second one is called Polish My Rack, and I actually have a picture of my rack and my sergeant shield. That's nine bucks. And the premier tier is called Dipped in Butter, and that costs 11 bucks, and people love dipping them in butter. So that's the, that's the most expensive tier. And what do you get for that? Well, you get exclusive content. Bill has a show on there that he's doing called Real Crime. Um, he's uh, going through some really uh, incredible cases there. Who have you had so far, Bill? I've had uh, Michael O'Keefe, Sandy Rubino. Sandy. I had, <laughs> yeah, I just had, um, uh, wait a minute, I had uh, Tim, Tim Muldoon. Muldoon. He retired actually in 1999. Muldoon. but. I love Timmy Muldoon. Yeah, he had a crazy case up in the 3-4 with a, a, a body that was just, you know, uh, cut to pieces. Hey, I guess what? That was my friend's friend. He tell you that? My friend's was, I called him up and I said, listen, my friend's friend is missing. That's the case. The guy. That was your friend. Wow. That was yeah, crazy. Mary Chang. That was her friend. She was yeah. going for a PhD. Is he? I got to get in touch with him. Yeah. And also Phil Grimaldi, a um, Brooklyn guy. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that name. So he was in. The, he was. He was on the show, The Perfect Murder, with me. We were co-stars. Oh. He was. Uh, he had a great case from the Six O Squad, uh, from also back in the day. I think it was nineteen ninety-one. But so so far, I've done. Um, I've done. I've done four cases, and this Thursday, actually, I'm doing um, Mike Heinrichs, superstar detective, over two hundred medals. Two combat crosses, two medals of valor. He's the only guy in NYPD history to have two combat crosses and two medals of valor. Anyway, he was also a great investigator with uh, uh, Brooklyn Brooklyn South Homicide, and he's going to be on this Thursday. This Thursday night on Police Off the Cuff After Hours, we have internationally known uh, psychologist Dr. Stephen Washko, who works a lot with the NYPD. He's trying to help out and start a program to reduce police suicides. Mm -hmm. And one of the most important things now, I mean, think of being a cop now, how it weighs on you mentally. And then you got problems at home, you got financial problems, put all of that stuff together and 
you know, the mental health of our cops is very important. Anyways, Dr. Stephen Washkill is one of the superstars in that field, and he's going to be on Police Off the Cuff after hours this Thursday at 7 o'clock. Is, is he part of Papa? He, he used to be. He's not any longer. He asked me not to mention Papa, which and, uh, because there's some, you know, there's always some friction going on between organizations, and uh, he was involved in that years ago. But he actually was one of the people that was trying to design this program where that the department does uh, mental health care for, for cops without having the stigma attached to it, you know. That's not going to happen. Well, the stigma is we always going to be attached with, with a cop because you have a gun. Yeah, well, we always, uh, we can hope and we can't just give up. You got to keep trying things, yeah. right? I also have a show. It's called uh, Mark DeMeo 101. I got a special guest I'm going to be interviewing this week. I can't wait to drop it. Um, and um, <laughs> don't, let's not forget, uh, Sean was in tonight earlier. Um, he's a great cop. He's doing something uh, for uh, Brian McQueen, who passed uh, in the line of duty. And um, he's going to put up information on where you can uh, find out about all the events going on with the team Mo Queen, and uh, that's gonna be on our Instagram. So make sure that you check out our Instagram, please uh, give a look. And if you, you know, if you want, please, man, we really appreciate, we, we're trying to build up something here. If you can subscribe to our Patreon, we really, really appreciate you. You'd be my best friend for life. And one other thing, all the 9-11 all the people, you know, uh, we never forgot you, never forgotten 9-11 um, victims, you know, all the cops and firemen, all the people who died that day, you know, our prayers are with you and your families. Absolutely. Right. You know, so I just want to mention one thing. All, all of us retired people, we got to stand up to the cops that are on the job now, you know, because they appreciate it, you know. And then whenever you can donate some money to get them some meals, there's people actually bringing meals around to some of the precincts, which I'm sure cops love that, you know. I know. I go there, man. I show find out where they delivered the meals and he shows up. I go over there to the four or five when the meals come in. I show my shield. I got my dupe. <laughs> Grab something for the road. No, but you don't want to give it just All right. on, behalf of, um, on behalf of police off the cuff. What were you going to say, Irma? Go ahead. You want to give it to the cops who are on patrol, too, not to just guys who are sitting in the station house. You know, you want to feed the people that are outside. Oh, the it's for the whole precinct. It's yeah. Okay. Yeah. And for retired people who live in the precinct. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. All right, on behalf of Police Off the Cuff, uh, after hours, I just want to th uh, say thank you for tuning in. Thank you, Irma, Miss Homicide, for being a guest once again. You were awesome. You were tremendous. We'll do one day. You look great. We will hang again soon. I can't she never, wait. She never ages, man. She doesn't get any older, you know? Yeah, I'll, I'll be hitting you up for a job soon. Huh? Yeah, call me up. I'll, I'll, I'll hit you up soon. All righty, I'll talk to you. Right, bye, bye, everybody. Thank you so much. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Bye.